Hi, and welcome back to the Sister Cast. I am Amanda. And I am Zoe, and this is episode 19 of the Sister Cast. Today, all about failures. Failures. <laughs> I think 2018 should be the year of failing. Absolutely. I love that. Yes. Because then low expectations, if you, you know. Well, low expectations, lots of lessons learned, right? Because you can't succeed without failing. So you're totally on that train. A hundred percent. Like you don't even need to explain it. And I'm like, yes, I'm committed. I'm in. Tell me more. (laughs) So have you failed in your life? Oh my God. So many times. So, so, so many times. When I say failure, what comes to mind? Like Um, being bad at a job, right? right? So I've had jobs where I was a complete rock star at them. And I've had jobs where it was just the worst fit in the world and failed over and over and over again. And the lesson there, get a new job. Get a new job, honestly. I mean, like, I, I think that tr- struggling and trying to jam a, you know, a square peg into a round hole, that's, oh, that feels awful. And I was in that place. Like, my last job before I was a writer was a job exactly like that. And it ended up with me being let go and having a severance package and being like, see you later. I think being fired is what is on a lot of people's sort of fear list. Yeah. And probably sometimes what, um, what's the word, immobilizes us. That's not the right word. Yeah, but no, but it, it, yeah, it freezes you freezes because you, you think yeah. like, oh God, that would be the worst thing ever if I was fired. Um, and it's not the worst thing ever because it's an opportunity to do something new. It is, it, now, I do not mean in any way to um, uh, like minimize the financial impact of that. That can be devastating. And of, of course, if you got to stick in the job that you're doing because it puts food on your family's table and you're the sole provider, like, do what you got to do to survive a hundred percent. But if we, so what can we do this year in 2018, the year of trying to fail to yeah. actually do better is try new things, try new things. Yeah. There's this great meme that I've seen that's a circle it says your comfort zone. And there's yep. a dot right outside of it and goes, that's where the magic happens. So hilariously that meme, if you Google like the magic happens, circle dot, whatever, one of the first pictures that comes up that of that chalkboard, it's called the Zoe pick. Oh, I kid you not. And I use that a lot when I do workshops at conferences and that sort of thing. They yeah. say do one thing every day that scares you. Yep. Because then once you do it a couple times. It's not so scary. Not so scary. Yep. And something that someone said that's always stuck with me is ask questions. Ask because and ask for something. Mm-hmm. If you want something, ask for it. Because it's something like 40% of questions are answered in the affirmative. Totally. People don't like saying no. Yeah. And so all you got to do is ask. And what's the worst thing that can happen if you ask? Maybe somebody says no, right? You you also have to get comfortable with hearing no. Something that we talk a lot about in writing is you need to get through all the rejections to get to the acceptance, right? So, um and it's not this statistic is like mostly made up but it's nine no's to get a yes right yeah so keep asking and if you but if you are so afraid of hearing no you will never hear yes if the first no knocks you back on your ass and then you're like oh well I guess I give up because I'm no good then you're just you will never get to that yes I think one of the biggest compliments I ever got was from an (laughs) ex-boyfriend and uh at Dreamy Dean. Yeah. And this, he once said to me, oh, Amanda, when she hears no, that's just starting points for negotiation. <laughs> I don't accept no if I don't want it. Right. right. 
sometimes I guess I probably should accept no, but yeah. uh, no, I mean, oh, you said no. Okay. Well, I'll work on you. Yeah. We'll see what we got. <laughs> so today on the podcast, I wanted to talk about um, marketing campaigns mm-hmm. that backfired. Oh, okay. Epic fails. Yeah. Because there's a lot we can learn from them and have Absolutely. some fun with and who doesn't love a good story. But yeah. to start with, before I talk about these companies, I feel like I probably should share okay. a fail of my own. Yeah. That would be the right thing to do. So um, for 15 years, I've been doing, maybe even longer, a lot of years, I've been doing promotions and marketing for radio stations across this country, for national brands, local campaigns, everything. And one of the fails that came to mind was we did a concert a a concert for our listeners on boxing day one year we did it at a casino with like low-level Canadian bands Kim Mitchell and Chilliwack right like I mean Canadian right where this is no Taylor Swift concert Mm -hmm. and we gave out tickets the venue held 2,000 people and it was a free show and so we gave away 2,500 tickets to a venue that holds 2,000. Okay. Because the tickets were free. And the value of nothing is nothing. Right. So, like, good chance a big chunk of those people aren't showing up. Right. If you've ever heard of, like, movie premieres and that kind of stuff, if the theater holds 600 people, they'll always give away 800 tickets. Right. Because there's so many tickets that just don't get redeemed. It's Boxing Day. People are busy with family. They win their tickets. Like, are they even going to go? It's Kim Mitchell and Chilliwack. So, uh, we give away all the tickets, whatever. Fast forward to the day of the concert. And now or before doors are supposed to open, there's all these people that like are showing up at the casino. Oh my goodness. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm going, oh man, that looks like a lot of people. Yes. 2,500 people showed up. Oh my God. Every single ticket. What I did not know <laughs> and what the casino just didn't warn me, warn me about, not their fault at all. Boxing day, biggest day at the casino. Huh. That time between Christmas and New Year's, people are off work, looking for stuff to do. Also, I was living in Calgary at the time. A Chinook had come in, so it was like 12 degrees out. Right. It was uh, 12 degrees Celsius, so like, you know, there wasn't a big snowstorm. Yeah. And those tickets had gotten passed down to people, to people, to people. So it wasn't necessarily contest winners in line, but, you know, if a contest winner got it, who gave it to her hairdresser, the hairdresser can't go. So then, you know, like, they give it to the neighbor. So every single ticket showed up. Wow. And people <laughs> were freaking out. So what did you do with the extra 500 people? Like, sorry about your luck. But the thing that sucked was my boss couldn't even get in. Oh! We were, like, ex- we were not expecting all these no. people. I was going to be happy if like 1,200 people showed right. up. 2,500 people showed up. And the room only held 2,000. Right. Held 2,000. And be- oh, because it was a casino. Also, the room wasn't very full. But because 2,000 people had come in and put their... jacket on a seat then they were playing at the casino so it took about an hour of people waiting in line for me to work with the security of the casino to be like look it should be if someone's out like they're out they're out and they they can get back in line again yeah but i mean it was just a gong show it worked out in the end but like who thought but you learned so much from that didn't you for sure yeah I always will tell people that Boxing Day is a huge day. <laughs> but also, if you're going to, you know, be clear on your do- on your tickets. On the documentation. Right? Yep. That it's like, you know, limited tickets, get here early, you know, l- let people know. Try maybe to not hand out more yep. tickets than the venue holds. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I but uh, anyway, it wasn't my proudest moment, but uh, <laughs> it happens. And uh, every time Kim Mitchell comes on the radio, I get a little nervous tick. <laughs> so, okay. What is one of your failures that you can share? Um, so 
I mean, in in writing, it's kind of hard to pick. It's mm, a good question. Um, well, writing my Vikings in space series could probably count as a as a branding oops. Um, in hindsight, so like I um I love writing contemporary romance and I love writing erotic romance and I had a really good kind of crossover there between those two and I also love Star Trek and um Firefly (laughs) and I thought you know like if my muse wants me to write about futuristic Vikings in space surely some of my readers will want to read those stories too and what I should have done was I should have, um, like, made a new pen name or something for that brand. What pen name wrote Vikings in Space? Zoe York. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right? Like, you can just see, like, in hindsight, the complete flop is really obvious. <laughs> but, like, nobody in science fiction romance knows who Zoe York is. None of my readers are like, I'm sorry, what? 400 years in the future, what? <laughs> like... And and they're Vikings, like legit, like with like swords and horses. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, no, you're not following. Okay. Um. So in terms of a branding oops, that's probably my biggest one. And so I have two lonely stories and two more that are kind of like in process. Um, Wait, but- you're going to write more Vikings in space books? Yes. <laughs> like well, if I go to your website, does it say like Vikings? Yeah. In- oh, geez. Yeah. On my website, it says Vikings in space. I think there are four covers up there. What if you just created a new pen name and re... re- yeah, repackaged. And in fact, can you do that? Yes, 100%. And that is on my to-do list. Before the third Vikings in space <laughs> book comes out, that will have to be split off and rebranded. But the problem is, is that... It's not a brand that I will create a lot of content for. So, you know, once I finish this series, it will probably be a dead brand. And then, you know, and it's so so that let's file that under, you know, the okay. So the lesson learned there is that you have to pick and choose your battles, right? You have to pick and choose your projects. You cannot be everything. Um, You cannot write everything. I mean, you can, but there will be like 40 people who are excited to read it as opposed to like 400 right you know and so like you know that's that's one mistake that I've learned from so now I am much more ruthless in how I pick and choose my series choices um I have a writing coach Sherry Slade from Hey Girl Coaching and she is like she really focuses a lot on getting me to interview my characters, my, particularly the male characters, interview your book boyfriend and make sure like that he's a really good fit for me, for my readers, because there are like an endless, we call them plot bunnies, you know, like ideas for a story. There is an endless, endless supply of plot bunnies. I do not and cannot write all the ones that grab my attention. I have to be picky and choosy and have high standards for what is the right fit for my brand. That was the big take-home lesson there. Absolutely. All right. So 10 marketing campaigns that totally back. Yeah, tell me about them. I'm so excited. Number one, Coca-Cola Magic Cans. What? Ever, ever heard of these? No. Okay, so it was the summer of 1990. Okay. And the marketing folks at Coca-Cola were embarking on their largest ever to date marketing campaign, yeah. Magic Cans. Okay. The idea was to put random amounts of money <laughs> Anywhere from a dollar to five hundred dollars, all in cash, in a can, and like when in the Coke. Well, so when you open the can of Coke, 
money would pop up instead of coke instead of coke like so if you bought like a case right one of it would be a magic can and maybe there'd be five dollars five hundred dollars in it or five dollars right. or a dollar <coughs> sounds awesome right mm. who doesn't love free money well someone who's thirsty maybe <laughs> <laughs> right well it was a disaster the cans that had the money had to be balanced out with water oh right because they yeah they would feel different they would yes. feel different right but all they all leaked Oh, no. So people got like these soggy, foul-smelling cash, <laughs> and it was not good. No, that's a disaster. So they, yeah. I guess Coke had to run some damage control. They put some ads in the yeah. newspaper, and they stopped the promotion early. And actually, only about a quarter of the cans actually got distributed. You know, my favorite thing, though, about that story is that Coke is a huge company. And actually, there are other. Is there another Coke story on your not list? Not in my list, but I know like New, like New Coke. Coke, right? Yeah. New Coke is a really famous example. And Coke, like, nothing gets them down. They're like, oops, we made a mistake. Onwards to victory. Right? You know? <laughs> like, I mean, pretty much every marketing campaign they do gets picked apart in yeah, some way or another. Yeah. Right? So, but yeah. at least they're trying stuff and yeah. going forward. All right. Okay, American Airlines. Yes. In 1981, yeah. they introduced something called the AA Air Pass. Okay. Um, it was uh, to drum up business. It was an a lifetime pass for all you can fly first class travel, but it came with an upfront fee of a quarter of a million dollars. So $250,000 okay. back in 1981. That's a lot of money. Uh, but it's all you can fly first class travel. Okay. And if you wanted, you could pay an extra $150,000. So you and a friend. So for $400,000, one two, time fee. Two lifetime, all you can. Yeah. First okay. class. Only 66 people took them up on the offer. Yeah but they have been cursing their decision ever since. Why? Some flyers cost them close to $1 million a year. What? One of those 66 people who bought this AA Air Pass flew round trip from Chicago to London, England 16 times in one month. <laughs> like basically just nonstop, like using it as a personal cab. Maybe they were commuting, right? Yeah. Like if you think about it, this is 1981, someone bought it. Because it sounds like so much money, but actually... Yeah, you could rack up some. Wow. So shortly after they, you know, this was 1981. So shortly after that, they did raise the price to $600,000 and then to a million. But they stopped selling them in 1994. They sold right. them for like 13 years. Right. Um, the pass... <laughs> The pass has cost American Airlines so much money that they even hired investigators to look into the air pass holders to see if they could get out of it to like legally revoke it. But they couldn't. Wow. So, interesting. eh? Yeah. So another airline kind of air promotion that totally backfired was with Hoover vacuums. Okay. This was a British brand yeah. Hoover um, and a British promotion back in 1992 they had a warehouse overflowing with washing machines and vacuums that they yeah. were desperate to move. So they made an offer in England. The idea was to give away two round trip tickets to Europe for anyone who bought a hundred pounds worth of Hoover product. Okay. Because airfare in Europe is pretty cheap, yeah. right? So if you bought, you know, a hundred pounds, they would give you an airline ticket yeah. somewhere. This is 1992, by the way. Well, it wasn't until they upped it to flights to the U.S., that all hell broke loose. Okay. Right. So now all of a sudden the offer was buy a hundred pounds worth of Hoover products, get a free trip from England to us in 1990, 1992, 1992. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, that's an, that was an expensive flight then it still is. It still yeah. is. Right. So, and all you had to do was buy a hundred pounds worth of product. So everybody would want to 
like lines i'm sure the lineups were insane yeah so hoover expected to make some of the money back through fine print and upselling some extras but they couldn't keep up with the cost and the demand the back stock didn't move what ended up happening was people bought the cheapest vacuum they could Oh, for exactly. Because they thought, you know, a minimum 100 pounds, but people would buy an $800 vacuum. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no. 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 <laughs> people literally spent 101 pounds. You know, and I do that when I sh- when I'm doing online shopping and free shop free shipping is with $50. I make sure my bill is like $50 and 25 cents. Of course. Yeah. Right. You don't go $800. No. Yeah. So the company had to staff more shifts in the factory to make the cheap vacuums around the clock. Oh my God. Like just a disaster. Thousands of customers ended up taking Hoover to court over this. And um, it was only about 200,000 people eventually got their Hoover holiday. Yeah. Because it was just like, Wow. Wow. And when the dust settled, the company was out almost $60 million. That's insane. And three executives lost their jobs. Well, no kidding. What a disaster. Right? Like, how how did it get that far, too? How weren't they immediately like, nope, nope, yeah. this is a bad thing. I know. Like, why don't you not just cancel the promotion? Who knows? Maybe back in 1990. I don't know. Yeah. And also, that's where it goes, like, to rules and regulations and legal. And, right. I mean, this is 1992, so. Well, yeah, if you've made your advertisement promises do you have to keep up keep you know hold them even if they're starting to cost you a lot more money than you expect and i know that over the years rules and regulations have definitely tightened up and yep. and and these big companies you now have legal counsel yep. and kind of mind-boggling that maybe they didn't have it then <laughs> to look into yep. some of this stuff you know it's interesting that you you say that and we'll get back to your list in a second because in the indie book world right there's a lot of um, kind of, I would call it like ad hoc marketing or like fly by night marketing. Lots of gift card giveaways and paperback giveaways and sometimes other stuff, jewelry and, you know, random, random stuff. Um, but like, I don't think that anybody who's posting those giveaways, um, they're, they're not taking into consideration the rules and regulations of all the different jurisdictions that social media reaches you know like i know here in canada for example the you cannot do like a free trial of something in quebec yeah no you can't prizes in quebec are done differently yeah you have to pay if you want to do a giveaway in quebec you have to pay a fee to i forget what the the company yeah and then the people in quebec like it's a whole other set of rules yeah so that's why whenever there's a national contest it says excludes quebec yeah just because it's like you don't want to wade into that it's a whole other kettle of fish yeah so it's you know like i you know i sometimes as an indie author i sometimes worry about that because i don't have a legal team at my Mm -hmm. disposal i don't have you know like the you know the the people got a marketing sister i have a marketing sister yeah and and really (laughs) it's just about Full disclosure. So right. if you're running a contest, you have to, we call it your short rules. You want to make sure that those are clear. So someone looking at a contest knows when, when does the contest close? Right. How many winners will they be? How will people get notified? And what exactly am I winning? Right. right? So, cause you know, you can't say win a gift card. I mean, you can yeah. win a gift card, big, but is it yeah. a $5 gift card or a $250 gift card? Right. Um, if it's, you know, if it's a, if it's a trip, where am I flying in and out of what's included? Yep. Is it all inclusive? Is it not like, so all of those details. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's kind of common sense at the end of the day. Totally it is. But you know, every so often I'll see a giveaway and I'll be like, this is not clear. And if somebody wanted to, they could probably take you to court Definitely over this, they could. you know, like. Definitely. Yeah. 
All right. Back on the list, number four. Yep. Red Lobster's Endless Snow Crab Legs. Uh, <laughs> like you already know. We already know where this is going, and I remember this. Yeah. So it was 2003. Yep. Red Lobster introduced Endless Snow Crab Legs. <laughs> Just go and park yourself there and be disgusting. They completely <laughs> underestimated how many crab legs people could eat. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the sucking helping that hurt. It was the third and the fourth. <laughs> With crab prices at an all-time high, yeah. the company bled cash, yeah. losing $3 million in just seven weeks. Yeah. Yeah. The president, actually, of Red Lobster lost his job over it. Wow. Yeah. People love the crab. Crab is expensive. Crab and it's is so expensive. tiny yeah. and little, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, no, don't be offering that. All right. I know you love your Starbucks. I do. And Starbucks has definitely had their share of, I don't know if you want to call it controversy, but the one that made the list. Faux controversy. <laughs> right? Maybe it's just more marketing. Yeah. I mean, they're red cups, but that's not, their Christmas no. cups always seem to yeah. be a flutter. But what made the list was their race together, um, their hashtag race together right. initiative that they did. It was in 2015 uh, when race relations were plastered all over the headlines the Starbucks CEO, Howard Schwartz, encouraged baristas to invite customers to talk about race with the hashtag race together. My face right now is not good. Oh, he wanted it's the world so to be... tone deaf. God. We, like, we all want the yeah. world to be a better place and for people to get along. But, yeah. you know, I don't know if people want, with their coffee, deep discussions. Well, yeah. And it's also like, it, you know, an idea like that can only come from a weird place of privilege. Right? Like, that's... Yeah, no... Oh, it was no. within days Awkward. that it was pulled, they, yeah, and no. yeah, they said they're just going to move forward. They made yeah. a mistake. Yeah, and you know the best marketing, um, some of the best marketing campaigns are the ones where it's a genuine apology. Yeah, people underestimate the value of saying a mea culpa of saying I'm sorry, I didn't know. I hear you now. I know better. That is so hugely valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. Skittles American mix. Oh, (laughs) wait, wait, wait. I don't understand. Okay. So what? Tell me more. So um, how could a patriotic tasty treat go wrong? Well, (laughs) maybe not realizing that America isn't the only nation with red, white, and blue flags. So it was a Skittles mix that was red, white, and blue. Okay. And people were encouraged to make American flags out of the Skittles that came in the patriotic mix. Well, what other countries have red, white, and blue Russia? Yes. <laughs> That's not uncomfortable at the moment. Czech Republic, Norway, yeah. UK. And France. so yeah. it's just, you know, like, you know, again, short-sighted, right? It's like, is right. this, you can't control what people are going to do. So true. And that's usually what ends up happening. They put it out expecting people to do this and the internet always finds a way yeah. of turning it around. And that wasn't um, Skittles only sort of gimmick that got them into trouble. I guess in t- 2017 for Pride Month, uh, Skittles in the UK ditched their colors saying only one rainbow, only one rainbow matters this weekend, Pride Month. So they released white Skittles, like a package that was all white. That's oh just... my face right now hey side no that's not good um side note have you heard that skittles all are actually the same flavor yes oh my god we need to talk about this okay so what i've heard is that they are all actually the same flavor but they have different scents different color they're colored they're different colors colored. and each color has a different scent mm. but the flavor is actually the gener- same. generic generic flavor. yeah so if we I wonder if I have some Skittles kicking around here. 
as a mother of a five-year-old, I think I do. Um, we'll have to do a taste test. Yeah. If like, you close it, your eyes and, and plug your nose. So you can't now I'm making a weird sound. Yeah. Um, plug your nose. So then you can't smell it. Will they taste the same? But if it looks yellow and if it smells yellow, you think it tastes lemon. Yeah. But it's significantly cheaper if yeah. they just make them all. I heard this a couple of weeks ago and the, and it was on the radio and the, and one of the callers was so upset because she could swear that it had changed flavors when they went from lime to green apple. And the people on the radio were like, no, that never literally that literally never happened. Like you think that happened, but that never it's one of those, you know, like this, these false memories, yeah. false collective memories that we think that we all have. Yeah, that was that um, thing that was going around with the Berenstein Bears. People were convinced it was spelt differently from their childhood, but it wasn't. Oh, interesting. And, and same with there's that movie Shaq. Yes. That people are like, and yeah. they're like, no. No, that's no, not a thing. Stop being yeah. like that. Yeah. So, but he was never in a movie like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, number nine on the list, Mountain Dew's naming blunder. I think important note to marketers. Yeah. Never, ever, ever ask the internet to do anything. Do right. not ask them to name things. Right. It will go wrong. <laughs> yes. In 2012, um, a restaurant came up with a new Mountain Dew flavor. Yeah. And they asked their fans to name this fresh concoction big mistake oh no <laughs> it didn't take long for the internet trolls to hijack the campaign with ridiculous yeah and often offensive yeah you know names the, the the trick with sourcing crowdsourcing information is in how you phrase the question like you need to be asking a question in a way that you will like the answers that you get you know what i mean like don't you can't just be open-ended like that you know, but you can ask people to weigh in on like, here are two options. Here are five options. Yep. Which team are you? You know, yep. kind of limit the conversation, control the conversation a bit. Side note to that one. It didn't make the list, but it's the one I remembered. Um, I think it was from 2014, 2013, a few, five years ago. Um, Taylor Swift offered up a free concert. I think this was in conjunction with Papa John's. Yeah. And it would just go on the internet and nominate a school and she will come and do a free concert right. at it. Well, the internet trolls got on it and they nominated a deaf school oh right come on that's funny oh. so it was like um the horace mann school for the deaf and hard of hearing in boston yeah <laughs> was well, the one that won the contest but they have they do have interpretive like um did you see oh no because you didn't watch the super bowl last night no but i saw when they were singing pink the- when pink did the national anthem there was a inter and i i was like you know the the person who the sign language interpreter she put so much emotion into yeah. how she does it when the singing i was you know that's cool for sure i just don't think taylor swift wants to do a concert for a school of deaf people so she didn't do the concert no so it went in, they ended up winning because it was like yeah. nominate and then people voted yeah. and of course the internet yeah they do this so she ended up donating fifty thousand dollars to the school all right and not doing her concert there so. right <laughs> like at number 10 on the list of marketing campaigns totally backfired is lifelock you're familiar with lifelock that's um i'm making a frowny face uh, no, lifelock is like a program that you can buy a service that stops you from identity theft Oh, okay. All right. Right. So like, uh, obviously with the internet now, people are very concerned about that. So standing behind their product is a great and classic marketing gimmick, but LifeLock CEO took it a little bit too far and it backfired heavily and repeatedly when in a marketing campaign, the CEO of LifeLock gave out his real actual social security number. Oh, (laughs) no. 
There was like TV Oops. ads, magazine ads, and it was like, hi, my name is Todd Davis, and this is my social insurance number. Yeah. How could it possibly go wrong? Over the next few days, Todd had his identity stolen 13 times. No. He didn't even find out about most of them until he got his credit report and found multiple collection agencies were coming after him. No. All that sounds bad, doesn't it? Yeah. So. So wait, so he, so was he not using his own product? Like, I'm confused. (laughs) So having, because he had his identity stolen so many times, it opened LifeLock up to being charged with deceptive advertising. And um, the FTC slammed the company with a $12 million fine. What? Mm -hmm. Five years later, and they're still at it, fighting off these class action lawsuits. They've been now fined $100 million. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's a disaster. Disaster. That's why yeah. I made number 10 on the list. So yeah. it was false advertising because um, he, they. I'm just going to pull up the ad so I can read exactly what they said on it. I yeah. think they were making claims like we're so <laughs> sure about our product. I can tell you my social insurance number and you can't even be hacked. And then it totally backfired, backfired. because he immediately had his identity stolen. Like, wow. Why would they think that they're that cocky? Th- yeah, the ego. Ego is crazy. Ego gets in the way of so many things, doesn't it? Okay, in the ad, it said, my name is Todd Davis. This is my social security number. Um, yes, that really is my social security number. No, I'm not crazy. I'm just sure our system works. Just like we have with mine, LifeLock will make your personal information useless to a criminal. And it's guaranteed. Here at LifeLock, we guarantee your good name. No one else does because no one else can. Oh, my gosh. So that's why they were opened up to yeah. fines for misleading advertising because yeah. um, they guaranteed that they would not have your identity stolen. And well. Wow. Wow. So basically everybody who's given them money wants that money back. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've been paying a monthly fee or whatever. Yeah. So. That's crazy. <laughs> well, this that was an awesome list. It was fun, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we got to go find some Skittles. And yeah. <laughs> on to more important things. Do Skittles taste the same? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sister Cast. If you're liking it, I would love it if you could go on to uh, iTunes, give us a review, mm-hmm. share us with your friends. Like our Facebook page. You know, Whatever. the stuff. Yeah. The stuff. We'll be back for episode 20. <laughs>